0: I'm Lee Kachera with 4K Ranch in Edna, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today.
1: Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Terry Martin.
2: Hello, Texas. Boy, it is a good week in Texas agriculture. I hope you are rained out of the field right now, kicked back in your recliner, and hearing those raindrops hit the roof. Boy, we sure need every drop that we can get this week, and I hope that you're getting your share in your corner of the Lone Star State. In the meantime, we've got another episode of Texas Ag today ready to roll for you, so jump on in with me. Buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, the rain is great, but it doesn't mean the drought is over. And as we get ready to plant a new wheat crop, we need to plan for a possible continuation of this drought. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State, And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture from the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley.
3: In the cattle business, having your animals grade high at the packing plant can mean more money for you. I'm James Hunt and coming up on Texas Ag Today, we're going to talk about a free opportunity for Texas High Plains producers to learn about improving carcass quality.
4: Potential buyers of rural Texas ranch land and recreational lifestyle property are now hesitant to look at for sale signs due to the impact of the drought. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today.
5: The dry weather pattern continues to dominate Central Texas. This is Dr. Shane McClellan, and I'll have more from Waco.
2: We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Some early wheat planting is getting underway in Texas as wheat growers are taking advantage of widespread rains across the state. It is great to have the rain, but it's far from a drought buster. And Westbred Wheat Regional Agronomist John Fenderson says wheat growers should consider planting a drought-tolerant variety this fall.
4: Well, certainly with a drought situation, Kerry, we want to think about things that have probably got some toughness to them. And by what I mean, toughness is those products that have the ability, if we plant them a little deeper, that they have the colioptal link to get up out of that ground. Certainly varieties such as WB 4792 and WB 4595. And Winterhawk, those are three really drought-hardy, heat-taller varieties that have good collie length, That if we put those things in the ground a little bit deeper, they have the ability to, to go ahead and emerge from the soil.
2: Fenderson says he wouldn't recommend planting anything over two and a half inches deep. The food processing industry is growing in Texas, especially in the Panhandle and the Southern Plains area. Amarillo Economic Development CEO Kevin Carter says food processing is expanding throughout the region.
4: We're seeing a tremendous amount of activity in the food processing. Obviously, we've had tons of food processing all over the Texas Panhandle, the South Plains. In the past couple of years, our area, Abilene, Lubbock, and Plainview have all announced cheese projects. Dow had one with Hillmark several years ago, and we're seeing that at the regional level. It truly is a regional effort, and so we're seeing quite a bit of regionalism in the food processing world with different projects, whether that be cheese or with this beef project, with just different types of food processing, because... One thing that has come out of the pandemic, people still have
2: to eat. The latest development is the announcement of a new beef processing plant planned for Amarillo called producer-owned beef. Ukraine is shipping more grain under a U.N.-Turkey broker deal and a hopeful sign for global food shortages. But experts caution it may not be enough. State Department spokesman Ned Price
6: ships are once again sailing from Ukraine's Black Seaports. Uh, at latest count, more than 20 ships laden with grain, laden with crops, laden with foodstuffs uh, have uh, set sail from Ukraine. The vast majority of those have made it through uh, the inspection station and are now sailing to their ultimate destination.
2: But most of those ships carrying grain, sunflower, soy and wheat are not headed to needy countries, or they're carrying grain stolen by Russia to their ally Syria and the tonnage is far short of what's in Ukraine silos. Having high-grading cattle at the packing plant can mean more money for cattle producers. James Hunt tells us there's a free opportunity coming up to learn more about improving carcass quality.
3: Coming up on August 30th in Canyon, Texas A&M AgriLife is hosting the annual Randall County Ag Day and Crops Tour, and this year the event offers a special opportunity for those in the cattle business, a presentation at the West Texas A&M University Meats Lab that will hopefully help demystify how cattle are graded at the packing plant.
4: They're going to be showcasing us a live beef carcass demonstration and focusing on beef carcass quality.
3: That's J.D. Ragland, extension agent for Randall County, who says the presentation will also cover things that producers can provide to their animals to achieve better quality.
2: We're going to look at some of those and visit and share information with producers in terms of the inputs, kind of like crop production, the inputs
4: that we might need to be considering to help us get to the point where we can produce uh, not only good gain on our cattle and when we go to market we capitalize on good weight that's how a beef producer is paid no doubt but then also from the beef quality side in terms of the carcass and the carcass value the carcass
3: quality presentation is just part of a very full program for the august 30th event other agenda items include discussion of wheat variety selection the outlook for commodity markets and new information about producer assistance and crop insurance programs. Also on tap, State Senator Charles Perry talking about water policy. The event is free, but an RSVP by August 26th is requested. Contact the Randall County Extension Office for more information. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
2: What effects has the drought had on the rural land
4: market? Tom Nicoletti takes a look. Even though some regions of Texas have finally received rainfall and temperatures have decreased somewhat, the long-term effects of the dry, hot summer are being experienced by buyers and sellers of rural land. Tyler Jacobs is broker partner with Hall Hall LLP in College Station.
6: Just anecdotally, apart from the financial things that have changed, it seems as though the the just some observations of kind of what you're seeing out in the country on these uh, on these land transactions, and and you know the majority of, of what us land brokers sell is is you know recreational lifestyle kind of sales. You know even even the the larger ranches are are impacted by that. So, you know for the buyers, Tom, you know you know one of the things that's a reality is is that uh, uh, buyers just don't get real excited when it's 109 outside to go look at a ranch, and and as silly as that sounds, when, when these are not purchases that have to be made, but purchases that want to be made, they're, they're probably going to slow down a little bit, wait till things are a little prettier and a little nicer outside. So I think there's some impact on that. I don't know how you would measure that or quantify that, but I definitely think it's reality. There just doesn't seem to be a lot of zeal uh, almost a malaise from, from, uh, from, from our recreational buyers right now, which, again, is a large portion of our business.
4: I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio
2: Network. Central Texas is finally getting some rain this week, but Dr. Shane McClellan says drought has been the focus of Central Texas agriculture for the past 12 months.
5: Drought has dominated Central Texas for really the, the last year. The last big rain I can remember was in July of 2021. There were some small moisture events scattered out through this last last year, but those tenths of an inch, hundreds of an inch, aren't very helpful when we have 35 consecutive days of 100 plus degree temperature. According to the National Weather Service, McLennan County is experiencing a negative 12 to negative 20 inch departure of normal rainfall for the last 365 days just sounds bad. We're, it's dry. We need to rain. Corn and grains harvest are complete and yields were well below what we would normally expect from our area. Much of our corn was cut for silage. The, the corn that was shelled did not yield really what we would expect it to. In the county replicated corn plots, there were some hybrids that did yield as high as 40 bushels an acre. Um, that's not even half of our normal county average. Grain sorghum replicated plots were a high, as high as 4,000 pounds an acre. But again, that's well below what we would expect. That 40-bushel and 4,000-pound milo were good reports. There were still a lot of 8-bushel corn and grain sorghum fields that were just not harvestable uh, just because the yield was going to be so low. Cotton is stressed from the dry weather, and yields are going to be below what we would expect on our cotton as well. The only rain some cotton fields in McLennan County received was right before planting, uh, right before emergence. And that's it. That's all they got. A few fields, especially in that Crawford-McGregor area, did get a good June rain one time, but everybody else pretty much stayed dry. Hay cutting is non-existent in Central Texas unless you are irrigating. Uh, There's a few hay producers that are irrigating out of the Brazos that have have some growth and have a little bit of of green hay to cut. A lot of our cornfields that were baled after harvest for corn shucks, it's just for hay. A lot of our cattle producers did cull extremely hard and sold out due to no grass, no water, and the inflated hay prices. Those that are hanging on to their cows are having to offer some supplemental feed already, and they're going to have to feed some protein and energy to keep the cattle in decent shape, uh, hoping for some rain. Please be careful out there in whatever you're doing. Try to eliminate any activity that would cause a, a fire or a spark. Um, it's a tinderbox out there. It's extremely dry. I keep seeing these spot fires popping up and uh, just be careful. Until next time, this has been Dr. Shane McLellan from Waco with Texas Ag Today.
7: In order to take Texas youth on their first hunting trips, the Texas Youth Hunting Program will need some volunteers. I'm Jessica Dommel and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today.
2: And one of the main concerns in animal agriculture is the possible entry of foreign animal diseases. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next right here on Texas Ag today.
8: Before you go out this summer, Texas A&M Forest Service wants you to keep these extreme heat safety tips in mind. Stay hydrated. Check with local county and city officials for burn bans and fire restrictions. Always have some water readily available if you light a fire or are working with equipment. Make sure your equipment is maintained and clean. Keep water with your equipment and have a plan. With these dry and hot conditions, one spark can lead to a large wildfire. For more information, visit tfsweb.tamu.edu.
1: We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. One of the main concerns we have in animal
2: agriculture in this country is the possible entry of foreign animal diseases. But Dr. Bob Judd says dogs are helping to prevent this.
9: Over 116 agricultural canine teams provide screening at border crossings, airports, cruise terminals, cargo warehouses, and mail facilities. The United States Bureau of Customs and Border Protection are in charge of the canine units that are called the Beagle Brigades and they are tasked with protecting the agricultural industry, natural resources, and food supply, as well as keeping foreign animal diseases from entering this country. Diseases like foot-and-mouth disease and African swine fever, as well as invasive plant diseases and pests, could cause major economic issues and animal suffering if these pathogens enter the United States. Industry groups, including the National Cattlemen's Beef Association and the National Pork Producers Council, are supporting the Beagle Brigade Act of 2022. The act allows Congress to fund the National Dog Detector Training Center in Noonan, Georgia, where the canines are trained to sniff out contraband fruits, vegetables, and meat products in international passenger packages, mail packages, and vehicles entering the United States. Terry Walters is the president of the National Pork Producers Council, and he indicates at Drovers.com that healthy animals ensure consumers have safe food and allow American producers, their communities, and the U.S. economy to thrive. Over 50 other organizations also supported the Beagle Brigade Act. One example is the canines found 230 pounds of prohibited pork bologna that was seized at the Bridge of the Americas and Santa Teresa Crossing in the El Paso area. Also, the canines found 120 pounds of prohibited fresh pork and poultry meat at the Laredo Port of Entry. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Texas Youth
2: Hunting Program needs volunteers. Jessica Domel has more in today's Wildlife Report.
7: The Texas Youth Hunting Program continues to add hunting opportunities for youth ages 9 through 17 across Texas. And as TYHP adds new hunts for things like deer, turkey, dove, hogs, elk, and even exotics, their need for hunt masters and volunteers also grows. Chris Mitchell, director of the program, joins us with more.
4: Our hunts are run largely by a very talented and generous volunteer force, but we're always looking to add to that because anytime we add a new ranch or we add more kids, we have to add the other components of the hunt. So if I get a new ranch, I have to have more kids and I have to have more volunteers to run that hunt. And we do recruit quite a bit from the parents and the adults that come with the kids on the hunt because they discover that, man, this is really a lot. A lot of fun and I would like to do this even with other people's kids. So parents come to us and we still have several hunt master training scheduled throughout the year. To find our schedule for hunt master training, they need to go to the Texas Wildlife Association webpage.
7: That website is texas-wildlife.org. As for volunteers, opportunities include assisting with hunt operations, cooking firearm instruction and supervising ranges conducting outdoor education serving as guides providing medical expertise and more for more information on becoming a volunteer visit the texas youth hunting program website at tyhp.org that is tyhp.org click on the link that says volunteer and huntmasters for the texas farm bureau radio network i'm jessica Domal
2: cattle and cotton started the week lower while the grain markets started higher. We'll take a closer look at all of Monday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today.
8: Before you go out this summer, Texas A&M Forest Service wants you to keep these extreme heat safety tips in mind. Stay hydrated. Check with local county and city officials for burn bans and fire restrictions. Always have some water readily available if you light a fire or are working with equipment. Make sure your equipment is maintained and clean. Keep water with your equipment and have a plan. With these dry and hot conditions, one spark can lead to a large wildfire. For more information, visit tfsweb.tamu.edu.
1: The cattle
2: market closed lower on Monday
1: thanks to a very
2: bearish USDA cattle on feed report. The placements number in that report Friday coming in much higher than we expected, so that had a negative influence on Monday's cattle trade. August live cattle dropped 37 cents, 141.22. The October down 75 at 144.50. December down 45 at 150.52. Same story on the feeder cattle market. A slight drop with August feeders down 10 cents 181.40 september feeder cattle down 40 at 184.35 october down 30 cents 186.47 cash fed cattle trade all quiet on monday we wrapped up last week selling cattle mostly at 142 here in texas that's two bucks higher than the previous week Boxed beef was higher on Monday. Choice up a dollar ninety, two sixty six eighteen. Select up two thirty nine at two forty thirty three. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the
9: pens with Larry Marble. While auctioneer Troy does what he does best, let's talk to Klein Spear from Southwest Livestock Exchange Uvalde. They sold cattle on Thursday. Klein, how did it go?
0: Went pretty well. We had 514 head. Those packer cows and bulls were pretty steady with last week. Uh, didn't have just a whole lot of top-end cows, but still did well there. And those calves in the earlands were pretty steady with last week. Had lots of demand on those. Uh, sure dollar, and some good numbers. Those choice steers, dollar forty-five to dollar seventy. Lightweights, dollar sixty-five to two ten. And those choice heifers, dollar twenty to dollar fifty-five. And the lightweights, dollar forty to $80. Crossbred steers dollar forty five to dollar and those lightweights dollar sixty to a Those crossbred heifers dollar fifteen to a fifty and the lightweights dollar forty five to dollar Stocker cows today sixty to a dollar. bulls eighty eight to a dollar four. Those breaker cows were seventy two to eighty four and those cutters and canners were forty four to sixty four and those shelly cows are fifteen to twenty five. Uh nine hundred to a thousand on those kind of better pairs day we split most of those pairs out, had a few kind of smaller pairs there, seven to nine hundred and those bread cows six fifty to a thousand. So overall, a uh, pretty good run there.
9: Good. Remind us about sheep and goats.
0: Went pretty well there. We had 250 head. Those heavy lambs were dollar 60 to 205. Those light lambs dollar 50 to 210. Those fat ewes were 80 to a dollar 20. And those packer ewes were 40 to 80. Packer nannies yesterday 70 to a dollar 30. Those fat Spanish nannies a dollar to dollar 55. And those stocker nannies yesterday dollar 50 to 230. Those good cabrito yesterday, 240 up to about 350 and those lightweights were $1.75 up there, about 340 on those. And the billies yesterday were $1.40 to $1.90.
9: Tell everybody how to get a hold of you for next week's sheep and goat sale on Tuesday, cattle on Thursday.
0: Call us at the office, 830-278-5621. And my cell phone,
9: 830-591-3241. Thank you, Klein Spear, Southwest Livestock Exchange, Uvalde. Thank you, neighbor, for listening to us on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm Larry Marble, walking the pins. We'll do it again tomorrow. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures
2: market now. Lean hogs finished higher on Monday. October hogs up 85 cents, 93.97. Class three milk was higher. September milk up 25 cents at 19.98, 100 weight. The cotton market traded both sides of unchanged in Monday's trade. On the close, however, we finished lower. A lot of factors traders are trying to weigh right now. Of course, that big $3 million bail cut that we got just over a week ago is still affecting the market. We have a strong U.S. dollar right now that is hampering exports somewhat. And, of course, we're getting new crop ratings out this week. The market will have to digest all of that as we trade through the week. October cotton dropped 186 points on Monday, closing at 117.89. The December down 187 points at 114.14. The corn market continuing to trade Midwest weather. We had a dry weekend, so we climbed higher. September corn up 7.5 at 633.5. December corn up five and three quarters 629 a bushel. Double digit gains in the wheat market September Kansas City wheat up 20.5 and a half at 865 and a quarter. September Chicago wheat up 17 and a quarter at 770 and a half. In the energy markets, September natural gas up 44 cents, 977. September crude oil down 10 cents at 9067 a barrel. The financial markets dropped lower Monday afternoon, the Dow down 644 points. 33,062. The NASDAQ down 328 at 12,376. The S&P down 90, 4,138. That wraps up our look at the markets. And that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the
1: planet, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today.